Hello everybody, this is Subrat from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show and today we have Alex Six Hasselberger with us, a time management and productivity coach who helps people do more and stress less through coaching, workshop and online courses. Her pragmatic yet fun approach helps people easily integrate practical, realistic strategy into their lives so that they can do more of what they want and less of what they don't. Alexis has taught thousands of individuals to take control of their time and her clients include Google, Lyft, Workday, Capital One, Upwork and more. So without further delay, let's welcome Alexis. Alexis, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. Most welcome, Alexis. Let's begin with your journey. When did you got your wake up call? Why did you choose this like this process? How did you get started? Yeah, happy to share. So I spent the first 15 years or so of my career after college in early stage startups doing all the things that aren't sales and engineering. So HR operations, legal, finance, like all of that stuff, the stuff that kind of the back end that keeps things running. And over that time, working in startups, you see a lot of people burning around you, right? People are like working in the office till 11 p.m. People are sleeping there, like just a lot of working, a lot of working, working. And I always wanted to do really good work, but I did not want to work those kind of hours, right? That was not something that was exciting to me, right? I wanted to do really good dirt work during the workday and that's it. And so I just started developing for myself strategies to help me be able to be really efficient at work and do great work, but also have a life outside of that. As a backstory, I also have ADHD. And so I learned that quite late in life. But I think that a lot of the practices that I built up over time were actually like coping skills for me to be able to manage in the, the world, really. And people started coming to me for that type of advice. I I was working at a startup and my boss said to me, he's, you can do in 20 hours what other people do in 60 hours. Do you think you could just do a workshop for our company just based on all the things you already do? And I said, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yes, I'd be happy to do that. And I think that was actually the initial spark that was like, oh, these things that are helpful are not only helpful for me, like a lot of people need this stuff and want this stuff and could benefit from these type of practices, because the reason that everybody is working so long and hard is not necessarily because they want to. It's because they feel like they Yeah, correct. And also is the first trigger point or the starting point of entrepreneurship, like when you are not okay with your job and you are feeling so much overwhelmed, which is a natural story of all the corporate things in corporate. So that is the beginning point when you think about, yes, like I should go into the entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think with a background in HR, I had a lot of consultative expertise, right? Like Mm. I'd been working with people and different personalities and I was very into that world as well. And so I think it seemed like more of a natural product market fit when I decided to go off on my own. Yeah. And now you have workshop and also coaching as well as uh, online courses, right? So all are like virtual or like you have doing all things in in person, like online courses, completely virtual. I know but the workshops and the coaching, what kind of? So my coaching is always virtual. That's been that way since the very beginning. And this was several years before COVID happened. So it was not a result of that, but actually it was the result of my very first client lived about an hour from me. And I was, when we decided to get into an engagement, he we, he said, oh, do we do it virtually or in person? And I thought to myself, I don't want to be spending two hours driving somewhere <laughs> virtually. And he said, no problem. And then I never offered in person again. Coaching is also virtual. 
And then workshops I do sometimes do in person. So I do virtual workshops, but also if companies will fly me out to their location and sometimes I'll do something in person. It's happening less now because I think so many people during the pandemic have hired staff that's all over the place. And so yeah. in order to make it equitable, we're doing more things virtually. Ah, uh, okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. And also, like, how it's going on now? Like, you're all coaching practices. Everything sounds trite to say, but things are going very well, right? I think that for myself, there was a point during the pandemic, especially, that I had a very long waiting list for one-on-one -on -one coaching. I just couldn't fit anyone more in. And so that's when I developed a group coaching program so that I could ah, okay. meet with more people. And I think that while we look at my business now, and I'm like, oh, I have these things. I have coaching and group coaching and workshops and online courses. None of it happened from the beginning. The only thing that I had Correct. at the beginning, was just yeah. like one coach client. And yeah. the other things have come through need or circumstance. And also like in your online courses, is it paid or do you give any sort of knowledge for free? Like what it is? Yeah. So my online courses are all purchased. They're things that you can purchase. I have a couple of different versions of those things. So I have four courses on Udemy, which is a oh, low cost okay. online platform. And then I also have some courses that are like more central to they're like the whole spiel, the whole thing. And those that I don't sell on Udemy because the value like you, you can only charge a certain amount on Udemy and it doesn't make sense for the value for those products. With Udemy, that's great as well, because that is very everything's always on sale. I don't know if you've ever been on Udemy, but like everything's on sale all of the time. And so that's really helpful for me because I can reach people in all sorts of different countries. I can, I've had something like 145,000 people take those online oh, courses. Wow. Me. So it's a really big reach there. And that's been really great. And then I do have free resources as well. So I have a YouTube channel. Anyone can go ahead and subscribe to that. I post once a week. I have a newsletter that I send out once a week where I write a blog post about whatever topic related to time management, productivity, or stress reduction. And then yeah. I have a lot of different PDFs and downloads and like free exercises people can do. And so if people want any of that, if any of your listeners are interested, one place to start is to just go directly to my website, which I'm sure you'll put in the show notes. It's alexishasselberger.com and you can download an absolutely free distraction action plan. So oh. a way to reduce the number of distractions and figure out like, what are your personal distractors and how do we pull back from that? Because studies show that most people spend about a third of their workday just trying to refocus after distractions. Correct. Correct. Yes. And also is whom you are exactly like focusing? Is there any category of people that you want to work with? Is there any, what it called? Is there any boundary that people need to meet this type of expectation before you? Yeah. I don't think people need any level of expertise, especially in these, in these kind of topics. But I do tend to work with people who are professionals, who are very busy and overwhelmed. So I tend to work with yeah. people who are in the mid to later stages of their career. So people that are managers or have a really high level, they're an engineer, they're a senior software engineer or something like that. Like they're, they're not people coming right out of college, right? Although I'd love to work with those folks because it would be great for people to learn this stuff before they get yeah. many decades into their career. But usually I'm working with folks who are a little bit later in their career, mid maybe 30 and above, but I don't put an age limit on it, but that's typically what happens. I work with a lot of tech executives. I work with a lot of doctors, lawyers, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. I tend to work with people yeah. who have some amount of control over their schedule, even if they think they have no control. Yeah. And when we are thinking about like time, we always think that we have time. But in reality, we do not have right, time. Right? We always think about how do I manage this thing? How do I manage that thing? Then we are being stuck in a loophole and figuring out like how we are going to 
manage our time. So time management is the most important part of our life, no matter whether you are doing the job or you are doing the running business or you are an artist or you are a professional, no matter which profession that you are in. Time, managing time is the most crucial part, like in order to get whatever the things like you can call it success or you can call it a happy life and all. So mm -hmm. like how do someone, is there anyone or maybe two tricks that you want to give us to our audience in order to get to the, get into the yeah. basic and think about like how do they manage their time? Yeah, of course. So there are two things that I think there are so many I could talk about, but I'm going to share yeah. two things that are really actionable that people could do right now today that are going to be really effective for almost everyone. The first one is around distractions. And so while I think people should go ahead and download that free distraction action plan because it helps you figure out what are your primary distractors? And they can find on your website, right? They can find it, yeah, just right on my okay. website. And I, I'll send you a link to it as well. So if you want to put that in the show notes, they can get, just get a direct sure. link there. And then what people can do is to just turn off the notifications, right? I think this is the key because that is something that almost everybody faces is too many notifications, email notifications, messaging notifications, yeah. Slack notifications, game good. notifications, Facebook notifications, TikTok notifications, like just so many notifications. And if you think about how studies show that not only do we spend about a third of our workday just recovering, but actually every time we get a ding or a ping, it takes us on average 23 minutes, not 23 seconds, 23 minutes to get back to what we were doing. And so we yeah, whenever we got any kind of notification, we just click on that and then we right. are in Let's see if it's an Instagram message or if it's an Instagram update or whatever. We just uh, go to the Instagram and they just made the applications in a way like that is so pretty much addictive things. And if you yeah. are going to, you are just scrolling the reels and watching over a video and then suddenly you realize that you have already passed 30 minutes or maybe right. sometime right. one hour. <laughs> and even when we do something really, let's say we go to our phone because it's something really specific that we want to do. Let's say we're like, oh, I need to check my bank balance or something like that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all experiment experience where we pick up our phone to do something very specific. 45 minutes later, we put down our phone and we're like, oh, I didn't do the thing that I picked up my phone for in the first place, right? It's kind of gone down this rabbit hole. And so I'm not saying that every notification is bad. I actually think some are good, like meeting notifications. Those are generally good because we want to be someplace on time. But there are so many notifications that we get, especially like any social media notifications, any game notifications. I also think email notifications, nobody needs to be notified every single time they receive an email because the reality is that people don't use email for emergency communication, right? Nobody's going to be like, hey, yeah. we left you in the building. It was on fire, but you didn't check your email. That just yeah. doesn't happen. So yeah, I think yeah. that would be the first thing is just look at your notifications, turn off the ones that aren't helping you and serving you and leave on only the things that are actually helping you. And then the other big thing I would say is don't rely on your memory. I think that so many people feel really stressed and anxious and overwhelmed because most of the stuff that they need to do is up here in their head. Yeah, actually the people who are starting their business or just get into the entrepreneurship right away, they think that I will put all the ideas on my mind. I can operate all the things in my mind. So they think that, you know, like all the ideas or all the things. But it's always been better if you write those things or make it a plan. And mm -hmm. that always helps you. The thing here is that you can also make a time in order to check your Instagram, check your email. Yeah, yeah that batch is process. Yeah, totally agree. Like batch processing of communication. You can do that for your email and your Slack also, right? Yeah. There's no reason we need to be in email 50 times a day. It's just pulling us away from what we are. But yeah, so I would say like writing things down. And I know that sounds like just the most base level of all things, 
But it's true that so many people don't. And it's really hard to, especially, I, I think, especially for entrepreneurs, like we have so many ideas, so many ideas of things we could do, things we want to do, Everything. things we, yeah. Yeah, that you find yourself just being spread too thin because you're going in too many places. And so I actually have in my task system, I have a category that's just called someday maybe. And this is where I put all the good ideas. I probably have 15 ideas a day when I'm doing something. Oh, that would be great to do. That would be great. And I just throw them all in this bucket. And when I'm doing quarterly planning, I go through and I'm like, oh, are there any of these things that like are still things I want to do or that I want to do right now that makes sense to do in the next few months? And yeah. that way it stops you from following all the shiny objects, but you also aren't afraid that you're going to lose those thoughts. Yeah, correct, correct. Also, like I always use, I have a private WhatsApp group that I has created, like created. And if anytime I got any kind of idea, I just go into that group and it's like the group is only for me and yeah. I can write my ideas and put the necessary things onto that group. Then I will make sure that whether I will take action on that or a later on time, whenever like I go before sleep for one hour i you used to check about what are the ideas that came into my mind today and if it's walkable then i'll think about it then i'll write it into my tablets or write into my pen and paper but most of the time i use my tablet in order to do the work because right now who is like using the like very few people are using the notebook pen but Everything is digitally, so people are mostly using that. But you can create that certain things. Like you can make the plan, make the timing, choose a specific time where you need to work, whatever the things that you want to do. That would be always help you to save more and more time. And also, most of the people, they think that if I'm just working out, then I need to work 24 into 7 because I'm an entrepreneur and I just put my head into my work and all. You have to also make time for your family, make time for your people because... At the end of the day, the goal is to live a happy life, right? hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more. I actually hate all the like productivity, bro, hack your life, do more and more, yes. like fit it all it. Like I agree with you completely. Like the goal is to spend your time how you want to spend your time, right? It's not about like, work all the time. And if there are folks who are listening who are like, no, I need to work all the time. I'll remind you of a study which said that, that showed that people who work like 75 hours a week don't do any more work than people who work 50 hours a week. The productivity was less. I completely agree with that. Like they think that like doing more work will help them to achieve big things, but that's not, like your work should be productive and it does not matter how much time that you are working. And I think about productivity, like my personal definition of productivity is doing what you intended to do. So yeah. when you're talking about when I what, you mentioned a couple of different strategies and I'll name them for folks. And one of them was um, time blocking. Right. Which is like deciding when you're going to do what you're going to do and putting it on your calendar. And then another one you mentioned, not by name, but I'll name it is brain dumping, which is, yeah, I'm it's the end of the day. I want to get all these thoughts out of my brain so that I can be present with my family or right. with whatever I want to do outside of work that is not related to that. Yeah, yeah, that's completely 100% true. Okay, Alexis, as you as a time management coach, tell us like, what do you think? What are the most important qualities for a time management, like successful time management coach that needs to be coaches? Yeah, yeah. So I think that for me, the most important quality is actually empathy because People come to me with a lot of shame. They have gotten, they, they're successful. Everyone I work with is a successful person, but they've gotten there through brute force, right? Through just like working longer, harder. Yeah. And they're looking around and they're seeing like, whether this is true or not, they're looking around at other people and saying, they're doing it. 
Why am I so stressed out? Why am I so overwhelmed? Why do I have to work this hard? And a lot of times I work with someone who is CEO or a runs a, a engineering team of 400 people or like whatever. And they are feeling like a lot of shame around the fact that they don't have these skills. And that's what they are, their skills. And they often are coming in thinking there's something wrong with them or that like they're just a disorganized person and it will always be like that. And so I think coming in with empathy and not like expecting people to grasp things really quickly or not expecting perfection, I think that's really important. I think I think that flexibility is really important because everybody that I work with, I'm not giving, I'm not coaching everybody in the same way. People yeah. are coming different skills, different needs. They have different, like there are different things going on in their lives. And I can't, I certainly can't come in and say, great, do exactly this. We need to work with who they are, like what their natural tra traits and tendencies are. Like, for instance, like if you're a night person like me, there's no way I'm going to say, hey, let's just wake up earlier. That's not going to work. And so we really want to work with people. And then, yeah, I think it's that kind of ability to translate skills into what's going to work personally for someone. So, yeah, got it. Right. Also, we always think about that if this person is a successful person, that means that you know, we assuming that everything is going his or her way in, in the life and all. But in reality, it's not like everyone is struggling with the time. And it's a pretty much, as I uh, uh, mentioned earlier, that it's a pretty much very most important uh, skills that you need to be built into the time management. Because it always helps you no matter which jobs that you are, which profession that you are in, it always going to help you. And when you lead your time, that also helps you to build a lot more of confidence as well as the self-esteem and also that always reflects in your work also. Yeah, that confidence that's there as you build that that over time. Yeah. yeah. So okay, Alexis, as you are doing a lot of the things like online courses, workshop, coaching, group coaching. So I believe that you have tons of your clients coaching success stories, right? So can you share only one example of your clients coaching success story, which is nearly close to your heart? Yeah. So I remember this actually came from my very first client and yeah. we'd been working together for a few weeks and or maybe six weeks or something like that. And he said to me, he came to a session and he said, hey, the HR person at the company where I work and well, he worked for Google. So he was like at a, at a big company, but like the HR director for his group had come to him and said, hey, I'm just wondering, how are you so much more effective than the other directors in the group? And he was able to. Yes, yeah, like whenever you are yeah. working in a group, that always reflects that uh, people are always going to see that if you are effective enough, they will always identify right. how this change has happened. How are you doing this? What's different? And so I think like for me that it's one, everybody feels it internally. They feel the change. Yeah. But it's another thing too, when you can see that the change you've been making and that you're working so hard at is actually being reflected outwardly to other people. And that just happened, actually, my group coaching program that I ran, the last cohort of that, somebody I was working with, a doctor, and she said something almost identical, which is that her boss had come up to her and said, what's up with you? You're just like so on top of it. What's going on? And she said, oh, I've been taking a, quote, get my shit together class. <laughs> and she, I guess that's working. And so I think that's not that external validation is the only thing or the thing that we should be striving for. But I think that it does help us to to really solidify the things that we've been doing when there's those changes are so monumental that other people who honestly you work with online are seeing this. Yeah, very good. Yeah, it does really fun and also yeah, very important stories. All because 
like most of the time people i have also seen uh, a big corporate or big companies they are just putting a lot of money into in order to train the employee in order to manage the time and all but mm-hmm. sometimes working on a group is not that much powerful when you are working with an individual because you can really connect with that person and you can really yeah. get into like what exactly that person wants and you can plan out It's interesting, though, because of these two examples, one was individual coaching, one was group coaching. And then I also get like on a regular basis, people reaching out to me on LinkedIn telling me that my online course that they took on Udemy has changed their life or that they were able to get a promotion because of it and things like that. And so I really think there's a level for everyone and there's many ways to come into this type of content. It doesn't all have to be one on one coaching because I know that that's not accessible for everyone. Yeah, got it. Okay, so let's talk about some misconceptions that revolving around coaching industry. So tell us like what are some common misconceptions about coaching that you have noticed in now? Yeah, I think there are two two misconceptions that are on both sides of the same spectrum, right? And so I think that sometimes people think of coaching as this is just a person who's going to be here to ask me self-reflexive questions so that I can reflect and I can move forward and I'm going to be coming up with everything myself. And then there's the other end of the spectrum, which is like a sports coach, right? Which is, I tell you what to do, do it. And so I think that a lot of times people come in with one of those preconceptions. And we, one thing that I do with everyone is we level set at the beginning. What is this going to look like? What kind of support do you need? What works well for you? If you've worked with a coach in the past, what did work and what didn't work? And I also share with people that on that scale from like self-reflective questions to sports coach, I'm like about three quarters of the way to sports coach, right? People don't come in, like people don't want me to, they don't want to come in and say, I'm so overwhelmed by my email and then have me say, great, what do you think you should do about that? Like they, yeah. they don't want that, like the strategy. And I, I provide a lot. So I think that people come in like with a preconceived notion of what coaching means. And then we have to work together to develop what that means for that particular relationship. And mm-hmm. that comes in both of our personalities and also what someone needs. And you know, I think a part of that as well, like why I'm not just a sports coach, <laughs> excited that I don't do sports, is that I don't think the same things will work for everybody. So I'm not going to say, no, just do this if it's not working. We're going to say, how can we tweak that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just got one question here is that like nowadays, if you go to the Google or if you go to the YouTube and also there are also AI tools coming like the chat GPT and all. And mm-hmm. if you ask ChatGPT, how do I manage my time or you just go to the Google or YouTube, type into how do I manage my time. So there are pretty much free informations out there, right? So yep. how, why do someone choose coach over the free information that are available on the internet? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, it's such a great question. And it's actually one of the FAQs I have on all of my, web, my website, uh, right? Okay. It's a really valid question. And I think that I think about it from my own perspective, too. It's yes, I could go out and learn like any skill, right? I could go out, I could deep deep dive on YouTube. I could go try to pick pick and choose the different things and try to put them together in my own life. I'm not going to know like which things are going to work for me and why. And if something is not working, it's really hard to figure out, like, why is this thing not working? Not that you can't do it, but it requires a lot more time and effort to do. So it's totally a thing you can do, but it requires a ton of time and effort. And what I find that with coaching is that I worked with so many people that I have developed a a curriculum and a sense about what things need to come before other things for certain things to go into. So I'm going to give you an example of this. 
from when I was very early in starting out with my curriculum, I had a, an activity for people to do, and it was to spend the first hour of their workday, like we're pre-meeting, right? Don't wake up early, but like your first workday hour that's not in meetings, doing the most important work of the day, right? Whatever the thing was that you just had to get done, eat the frog, do it, right? Eat the frog, yeah. What I found was that we did this too early. People didn't know what to focus on, right? We were doing this like before we'd really dived in and prioritization and planning. And so people were like, okay, great, but I don't, what am I supposed to be doing? I don't know what the most important thing is. And so there's a lot of things like that where I've tweaked it over time because now I know like, oh, there's certain fundamentals that need to be in place before mm -hmm. we start adding other tactics. And I think that's where coaching or a program or even online courses, right? Online courses are going to present things in a layered sort of a way that searching around for tips online or reading books. I like I love books. I read all of the time. But a lot of these like productivity books, they were written for the person whose brain wrote it. Right. And that's yeah. not necessarily going to work for you. And then you read it and you try to implement it and you feel like you failed. And also whenever you are working with a coach, because if you go to the internet and you are searching about any free stuff, yes, uh, that can also help you in order to get some knowledge and all. But in the practical life, you are not going to get all things in an organized manner. And the second thing here is that whenever you just tried something and failed, that is the exact point that a coach always needs. Because <laughs> yeah, because whenever you fail, you can ask, you can discuss about the coach. But whenever you are trying the online stuff, you cannot ask anyone. You might be right. go to the thing coming down and all but no one is going to reply to you so that would be a basic difference about why should you choose a coach or not in the free stuff on it yes it's okay if you are getting knowledge about the free stuff in order to get started if you want to do the research and all then that's completely fine if you want to get success and save your time and efforts then you choose a right coach for you exactly yeah yeah okay alex let us know about if you are writing your autobiography then how do you name it and why? Hey, this is an interesting question because I've literally yeah. never thought about writing an autobiography. I've thought about writing a lot of books, but not an autobiography. But I think I would name it something about it's all about intention, right? Because I think this is, as we were talking before about just like the value of life over work, right? I think that it's productive if I decided to go sit in my backyard and read a book and have a beer because that's what I decided I was going to do during that time. And so I think that this concept of intention is really important to me. That's awesome. Tell us what is the best possible way to reach out to you so that our people can find you and they can reach out to you. Yeah, perfect. So I think my yeah. website is probably the best place. There is a contact form there where you can sign up for a free consultation if you're considering oh, working okay. together as a coach. So if you're interested in hiring me as a coach and you're not sure if that's going to be the right fit or not, I'm happy to have a conversation and just work together to figure out whether that would be something that works for you. You can also, from my website, sign up for my newsletter or my my YouTube channel, my TikTok, like all of that good stuff that's there. All of that can be done from my website. So I think that's a great place to, to start. That's awesome. Guys, to make sure you follow Alexis, wonderful person with great personality and you can reach out to her according to your coaching needs. So that was today's episode of Sparking Entrepreneur Show. Thank you, Alexis, for being on the show and it was an honor to hosting you today. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks again, Alexis. So that's it. I'm your host, Subrat, signing off and you guys have a wonderful day. Please take care of your health. Bye, guys.